How many have heard the ministry of New Life for Girls in the past? And how many are touched every time you hear it? <laughs> because it's a life-changing thing. And I'm excited to introduce their choir director. Would you come on up? Welcome them this morning, would you? Good morning. Uh, like you said, I'm the choir director. My name is Rebecca. Um, our ladies are going to share with you today in song and testimony. Um, but before they do that, I'll just share a little bit about the ministry. Um, I looked around whenever he asked how many of you heard of us so that I could get an idea of how much you already know. Um, but our ladies come into our program. It's a 12 to 18 month residential program for women and women with children. Um, so we're one of the only programs we know of that allows the women to have their children with them in the program. Um, we believe that the whole family needs healing. Um, so we want the children to come and have that healing experience as well. So we are a residential nonprofit, um, non-denominational program where um, we take in women with any sort of life controlling issues. Um, the program started as like drug and alcohol addiction, um, but has since kind of taken on all sorts of different things. So that can really look like anything um, from drug and alcohol addiction to homelessness, um, abusive situations, really anything you could think of where someone is lost and needs to know the love of the Lord. Um, we take them, we show them that love, um, we teach them. So when the ladies come into our program, they come through one of our introduction centers. We have one in Chicago, Illinois, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Westminster, Maryland. Um, and currently, we're actually also doing introduction, um, our introduction phase at our Dover Center as well. Um, our ladies here today, we're all from the Dover Center. Um, so we're right here on Lewisbury Road. Um, in their introduction phase, they're there for three months. They start um, taking classes and just kind of learning about the Lord and getting acclimated to the way things are done at New Life. Um, for some of the ladies, this is the first time that they've ever heard of the Lord, the first time they've ever picked up a Bible, the first time they've ever prayed. So it really is a life-changing experience. They take some classes. Once they're done with their three months of intro, they come to our main training center, which is in Dover, Pennsylvania. Um, there they take another six months of classes. So they do all sorts of classes like life skills classes, um, Bible classes, relationships, self-acceptance, all sorts of things like that. Um, and then once they are finished with that phase, they become junior staff. And at that point, they are kind of seeking the Lord's guidance for their future. So some of our ladies are called to stay and give back to the ministry. Um, we actually have one staff member with us today. Um, so when, when the ladies introduce themselves, she'll let you know that she is a graduate of the program and actually stayed and is working for the ministry now. Um, while I'm thinking of that, we also have a lot of volunteers in our program. So today I actually have a volunteer with us as well. Um, our ladies have graduation twice a year. We have one at the end of April one at the end of October. Um, so because it's a 12 to 18 month program, it just kind of depends when they came into the program, they'll either graduate in April or October. Graduation is a huge time of celebration. Um, they get to walk down the aisle in a full cap and gown 
and their families and friends are able to come and celebrate with them and we just really get to um, celebrate and get excited about all the things they've accomplished while they're in our program. Um, today, our ladies will share with you in song, testimony, and praise dance. Um, that was a fun noise. I like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so they'll share with you in a number of different ways. Um, they never know ahead of time who's going to share their testimony. So when they look surprised, it's because they are. Um, so they're, they're going to come up now. They're going to share with you first their names. Um, they'll tell you their age, where they're from. And then we'll get started. I'm going to hand this to you. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Natalie. I'm 28 years old. I'm originally from the Bronx, New York, and um, I came through the Dover Center intro, so I actually did my intro in the main center. Hi, my name's Ida. I'm 29. I'm from Oklahoma, and I went through the Dover intro. Good morning. I'm Kelly. I'm 29. I'm from the Mechanicsburg area, and I am said volunteer today. Hello, I'm Sade, I'm 37, and I also came in the Dover area, I'm from York, PA. Hi guys, I'm Janila, I'm 26, I'm from Harrisburg, and I came through the Westminster intro. Hi, I'm Amanda, I'm 33, I'm from Halifax, PA, and I went through the Dover intro. And like she said, I am a staff now, and I graduated in October of last year.
So, like I said, guys, my name's Amanda. I'm, I'm 33. I'm originally from Halifax. Um, I grew up in a very broken home, not knowing the Lord at all, um, not having any sight of him at all, not being a Christian. My family wasn't Christians. Um, I got separated from my mom and my dad when I was probably about three or four due to some sexual abuse in the home, so I got taken from my parents and given to my grandparents until I was 16. Um, so... I really didn't understand, you know, why and what was going on, but I found out later on in life, like, what the situation was and why I had to be taken from the home. So from the time that I was about four to the time I was 16, I was living with my grandma and my grandfather. So I considered them mom and dad because I didn't know any different. Um, so at the age of 16, my grandfather got very sick with leukemia, and it took a really bad toll on his life. You know, it was a sickness. So... Um, at the age of 16, I had to move back home with my mom because my grandmother could no longer take care of me because she was taking care of him, so she couldn't take care of me and him. So uh, that was like kind of, you know, why? I had a lot of questions, like, why do I have to leave? You know, you're all I know. I don't know my mom, so why are you going to put me back at home with her when I don't even know who she is? This woman didn't raise me. Um, my mom and my dad had divorced by then. My mom had met a new man. You know, she was already with somebody else. Um, my brother was in and out of juvenile detention centers because of what he had done, and, you know, my younger brother was running the streets wild. You know, they just kind of did what they wanted to do. So at 16, I got moved, taken back home to my mom, and by 17, I was pregnant with my first son because I kind of just was rebellious and just said, okay, I'm going to do what I want now, that I don't know who you are, and I'm not going to listen to you. So at 17, I got pregnant with my first son. I had him when I was 18. He's 14 now. Um, and then... So I thought that was going to change me, and I thought that was going to make me settle down, but that didn't. That made me become more of like, okay, well, I have a kid now, and I have a man. I just think I can do what I want. I'm, I'm a grown-up now. I'm old enough. I dropped out of high school uh, my senior year, you know, because um, I chose this man over my education, over my family, over everything, because I didn't know any different, because I was filling in this void in my heart that I should have been filling with the Lord. But I didn't know him, so why should I fill that void when I don't know who God is? So at 18, I had my son. By 19, his dad was no longer in the picture. He wanted nothing to do with me or his son. So at 21, I met another guy, and um, we ended up getting married because I thought this was going to be it. And I, you know, I thought this was going to be the final draw. I really fell for this man because I went to him because, you know, he had a job. He had his own place. He had a car. thought he was going to take care of me because, you know, I didn't want to live at home with my mom. So he took in me and my son, and I got pregnant again with my second son, who is now 11. His name is Camden. And, you know, I thought that was going to be it. You know, I was, I was pregnant. I was getting married. So I thought that was going to be it. So I moved away and moved to a whole other town and just tried to start over again. So everything was okay for the first five years of our marriage until he started abusing me in front of my kids because he was drinking alcohol. So he was, he was physically abusing me in front of my kids to where I would have bruises all over me. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing, mom, it's just from the kids. You know, I fell, da 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 But nobody really knew what was happening behind closed doors because I hid everything from my mom. But the Lord knows everything, so he could see it. But I didn't know him at the time. So at 25 years old, I'm going through a really nasty divorce. This was in 2017. 
So um, he, at 9 o'clock at night, he's throwing me and my son out on the street because it's not his kid, so he doesn't want him. He just wants my other two because they're his kids. So we're living, moving back home with my mom, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm not moving back home with my mom. I don't want to start over again. So I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna be, I became really rebellious again. So I had a lot of rejection and rebellious spirits in me, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. So I met another guy and turned into a gun, and that's when he introduced me to drugs. So I got into a really nasty heroin and methamphetamine addiction, and that's when my life spiraled out of control really quick. Um, I lost all contact with my children. My mom had took my son from me. She kicked me out on the streets, so I was living with this guy. Um, I started stealing from my mom in the middle of the night. I started robbing her while she was at work. I stole from my kids. I would sell their stuff. You know, I was just doing stuff that a parent shouldn't be doing to their kids. You know, I didn't talk to my kids for almost four years straight because I was just didn't want nothing to do with him. You know, my youngest, he, um, Lucas, he's not, he's eight now. I had another kid in the midst of all this. So I didn't talk to him for like three years. And in the midst of all that, God's hand was upon that because he was restoring my relationship that I didn't even know about because when after I came into the ministry, he brought my son back to me. So um, I went to jail after all the stealing and the drugs and you know, doing a lot of bad things. Um, I caught some charges, got on probation. So in February of 2020, um, I had six warrants out for my arrest, and my mom knew what I was doing. I was using a lot of drugs, and you know, I was stealing, and I was running from the cops. I had been on the run um, probably for about four months. I had been on the run from my probation officer. He's like, when I catch you, you're going to do some time. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, jail don't scare me, but it changed my life. So in February 2020, I went to jail, and I sat seven months for my first probation violation. But it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it's in jail where I met the Lord. Because the chaplain came to me and he's like, I want to give you this Bible. And I'm like, I don't even know how to read this. I don't know what to do. He's like, just read it like a book. Just start from the beginning and go to the end. But it took me almost that seven months, and I'm still not done with it, to read that. So, you know, it was in jail that I found out about New Life for Girls. Um, there was a lady on my block that was... I was on a treatment block because that's what my PO said. He said, I'm not letting you out. My mom said, I'm not bailing you out. And he said, I'm not letting you out until you do treatment because you're a runner and I want you to get clean because I kept doing like 30-day programs and it was nothing was happening to me. I was relapsing right away. So he's like, I want you to do something long-term. That's the only thing that's going to change you. So I was in jail and this lady came on my block and she's like, why don't you try a new life for girls? You know, I know somebody that went there and it changed their life. And I said, I'm not doing 12 to 18 months. I'm not telling somebody tell me when to get up and when to go to bed. I'm not gonna go do classes. I dropped out of high school. I don't can't do that. Well, my, I presented it to my PO and he's like, well, I'm gonna present it to the judge. I'm gonna stipulate you there because you're a runner. So that's what happened. In August 23rd, 2020, I came into the program. And it's the best decision I ever made in my whole entire life because this program changed my life. Um, since becoming here, I got all my kids, I got full restoration of my children. Um, my mom and I talk again. Our relationship isn't the greatest, it's still a little rocky, but there's still some healing that needs to be done there. I still have a lot of rejection with me and my mom. Um, but my grandmother, that my grandfather passed away, she's like my mom, so she lives close, so she comes and sees me all the time. But um, I have my eight-year-old, he comes up every other weekend now. His dad and I, um, we're, we're cordial, you know, we talk for my son's sake, so I didn't talk to him for three years. But once I came back into the program, he let me see my son because he knew I was doing right. Um, I'm two years clean from my drug addiction. 
So like the Lord saved me. He definitely had his hand upon me because the devil had a hold of me. I was killing myself on them streets. I was 91 pounds when I went to jail. I was literally like a skeleton. Like the, 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 the people in the jail were like, what's wrong with you? I'm on a really bad addiction. So I graduated in October of last year and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to go be with my kids or do you want me to stay? And he said, I want you to be still until I tell you to move. So I have to listen to his voice because my will doesn't work, I tried it. So I can't go out of his will. So here I am, um, I got hired on his staff in December of last year, so I've been on staff almost a year. And it's the best decision I made because not only do I still get healing, you know, being a staff, but I get to walk alongside these ladies and minister to them and give them back what was given to me, which was hope, because this program isn't easy. It's hard, it's very structured, but it's worth it. You know, so I'm just so grateful. You know, I'm staff now, I got my own house on the mountain. I'm in charge of a department. Like, all these things that shouldn't have been given to me, the Lord has given to me. Like, I shouldn't be trusted with this stuff, but he's trusting me now. You know, I didn't even know who he was, but he's real. He speaks to me every day. So for somebody not being a Christian, I am a Christian. You know, I got saved in the program. I got baptized. So now I know the love of the Lord, and his love is unfailing. Nobody can love me and fill that void like he does. No man will ever take that over. So it's just amazing. Thank you. Um, Amanda said something that had me thinking, and I realized something I forgot to say. Um, Amanda was talking about the restoration of her family. Um, her son is actually, her son Lucas is here today. Some of you already met him this morning. Uh, he's fun, so when you see him, talk to him. Um, <laughs> but Amanda was talking about how her family was restored, and I was just thinking how that's, that's a really common theme when you talk to our girls, you know, just getting to hear them talk about how their families were broken. Parents didn't talk to them. They didn't get to see their kids, and um, how God just brought that all back to them is amazing. Um, and it also just reminded me that I forgot to mention that we also have one more center, which is our Women and Children's Center. So in Glen Rock, Pennsylvania, um, our ladies who have children in the program with them, once they finish their classes, they can actually transfer to that center. They don't always do that, um, but they can. And when they do that, then there they can actually get help um, finding a job, getting a car, housing, um, basically anything to help them get back on their feet while still staying under the covering of New Life for Girls. Um, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And the other thing um, that I, we wanna mention today um, is that this ministry is completely funded through donations. Uh, we, this is our 50th year of ministry and we have never in 50 years um, taken any government funding God has been providing for that long um, because this ministry changes lives and um, so we just want to say thank you for having us here today um, because everything we have from the money to pay the bills um, just operating the whole the whole house um, is is through churches and families like you so before we sing our next song I just wanted to say thank you for having us here today and the next song we're going to share is called Fires.
She always puts us on the spot. I, we just never know. <laughs> um, my name is Natalie. I'm 28 years old, and um, my life wasn't easy. I grew up a pastor's kid, so a lot of expectation was always on me, like a lot. So I would be in church Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday all the time, but um, I'll get to that point. <laughs> um, when I was young, my dad had an addiction problem. Um, he was very heavy into like um, coke and heroin and all of that, but my mom wasn't. Um, she was actually a, a good mom to, to her kids um, growing up, but my dad, he, he, he was a good dad, but he was just there and then not there. It was in the Bronx, New York, and um, I would always see them fight and him putting his hands on my mom and abuse, like cursing and all of that. And I thought it was normal, you know? I thought that was just how life went, how husbands and, and wives treat each other. So um, I thought that was okay. Like, I thought it was in. So... Um, my mom ended up leaving my dad, and they were together for about 16 years. And she left him because of her kids. She had five kids all together. And um, she ended up partying and drinking and just leaving her kids behind. And my brother and my sister were older, so they would take care of us, but they would fight because they wanted to go outside and have fun, but they're babysitting the kids. And so I remember um, my mom always going out and us not having food in the house, no nothing. We would eat like a can of spaghetti or hot dog or just anything we can find, tuna, anything. And um, I remember when my mom would leave, we would just hold her ankles and um, have her like cry. Me and my little brother would cry for her not to leave us because we, didn't, we wanted mom, you know? So, she met my stepfather, um, and he was a pastor. And I guess she was broken. She really didn't know him, you know what I mean? So she's like, oh, it's a pastor, he's great. He took, he took everyone to church all the time and all of that. So um, that's where I met the Lord, when I was about seven or eight. So I always had the Lord in my life. Um, after that, okay, my dad passed away when I was nine, and then my stepfather moved us to Florida. So he took everybody out of their um, comfort zone, and I really didn't know this man like that. So it was just like, Mom, you married him, you didn't talk to us about it, you're just having us move to Florida and all this stuff. So we moved to Florida, and he became abusive towards me. So, um, I would, be, I would have to do everything perfect, like clean. Well, he was an alcoholic too. At the same time, he was a pastor. And um, when I would make a C or even a D in math, I would have to kneel down on the floor on my knees for two or three hours and I couldn't move. I was stiff, like I couldn't, couldn't do anything, or he would um, have us go, like after school, me and my little brother, we're only 11 months apart, so me and my little brother, um, he would make a study from the time we get off of school to the time we go to sleep, and then have us clean the whole house, 
um, like his drunken sloppiness and do all that, tie his shoes. Like you, we were like servants to this man. And it was not easy because um, one day we'll be in church and he will be preaching a really good word. And I'm like, yeah, but then when I go home, this is not the man that these people know. So me growing up in church, I knew God, but we didn't have a relationship because I'm like, if this man can just sit up there and preach the word of God and then come home and drink and, and be abusive towards me, then how is he real? You know what I mean? Like, that's how I was feeling in my head. And then every time a prophet would prophesy over me or every time a pastor would go up and preach, I didn't believe it because I looked at people funny in church because I felt like everyone was fake, you know? So I guess around when I was 16 or 17, I became really rebellious. Like I didn't even care what my mom said. I ran away because how this man was treating me. And then she would just, she would look at him, punish me and not say anything because of what she was going through and her hurt and her brokenness and whatever she went through with my, my dad. And then my dad passed. It was just a whole bunch of stuff going on. So um, I ran away um, all the time. I used to steal rings from my mom, go to the pawn shop, get a cell phone, because I wasn't allowed to have cell phones in, or nothing like that. I would sneak them in the house. Um, I wouldn't go to school. I would skip school. I would have my brother cover for me. Like, it was just like a whole mess. But thank God I never turned to drugs, you know? Like, I was just like, my dad did that. I'm not going to do it, you know? But instead, I was a liar. I lied where I was at, who I was with. I was around wrong, the wrong people all the time. So um, I struggled with high school. Like, it took me a while to really uh, grasp that high school was really, you really need to pass that because, you, you know, you, you have to get a good job and stuff. So at least I, gra I graduated high school, and then I was still looking for, like, this love and this emptiness, and I didn't know what it was. So I ended up marrying at the age of 18, straight out high school. And then I came to Harrisburg. We came to Harrisburg, he was from Harrisburg. We came here and um, I stood here from the age 18 all the way to like 26. We were together for like five years. Um, he got kicked out the army. He smoked way too much um, you know, weed and stuff. So. After that, my heart was broken. I'm like, okay, we're not, we're not even together. I don't know what to do. So I started get, getting into um, a toxic relationships where um, men would hit me, call me out my name. I thought it was normal. I would do the same thing. We'll go back and forth for a fight. I'll catch charges. It was just normal to me because I'm like, my mom did that in front of me. I don't care. I'm going to do it. So I was into drug dealers. I was into guys who had money. I didn't care how they treated me as long as I had a, a purse or as long as I was looking nice and stuff. But that's not the way it is because my God is not an abusive God. My God loves me so much that I can't even explain it, how he loves each and every one of us. Um, he never gave up on me because I began to steal from stores. Like, I began to like actually do real big thefts, you know what I mean? And just, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get caught. I was just rebellious all over the place. So 
long story short, my stepfather changed his whole life around. He is no longer an alcoholic. He's a chaplain now. He goes to the jails, he preaches, and all of that stuff. But I never let him in because I was still hurt from the wounds that he did to me growing up. Um, he is the one who told me about this New Life for Girls program. And I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to him. Like, who does he think he is? He, he hit me, he abused me till I was 16 years old and all this stuff, but deep down, he really wanted the best for me because he changed his life around. And I guess he, he always apologized to me, but I never took that in like, yeah, okay, he's just a cover up and all this stuff. So my mom also, um, changed her life around too. Like she apologized for things that she saw. She explained to me why she didn't stick up for me when I was young. It's because she, she was going through what she was going through. So me today, me and my mom are very close because I got that closure and forgiveness. I'm just working on it with my stepdad right now. Um, but I came here, long story short, from a very, very abusive relationship. Like he would choke me to the point where I couldn't breathe. And um, I never called the cops on him because I thought like, oh, I'm gonna be a snitch, you know, stuff like that. But that's not the case. Like if somebody's hurting you, do something about it because you can lose your life, you know? And I finally escaped when he was sleeping and I came here, and I didn't know this program was gonna be so structured, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I came here to classes, getting up at six o'clock in the morning, going to sleep at 10 o'clock, from six to 10, that's your whole day. Um, and I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? But um, the classes are very helpful because they teach you life lessons. They teach you that God is with you wherever you go. He knows your day to the end. He knows he's the author. You know what I mean? So um, I took this one class on relationships. And then there's another class on how to study the Bible. There's a whole bunch of classes that just renew your mind, renew your heart, and just, just turn your life around. So every time I take a class, I take that and study it because it will really just touch my heart, you know? But I'm trying. This is my, I'm in alpha two phase right now. So I'll have one more month until I'm out of alpha. And then I'll go to the omega classes. That's three more months of classes. And um, I'm just letting God work. I'm letting him do miracles in my life. I've I seen miracles already happen. And I'm like, God, is it really real? Because I just went to court. I just beat two cases in court. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, he's giving me mercy and grace and pouring his blessings onto me. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> I'm just shooken up. I'm just like, wow, he's so amazing that I can't even like sit down sometimes because I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like, am I like a mad woman? Because I go around the house and just be like, thank you, God, because he is our father. Like, he cares for us. Like, he's amazing. But yeah, thank you, guys.
Before they finish their ministry, we want to take a love offering for them. As you heard, they survived because of churches like you, and we bless them. They're on our monthly missionary board. If you look out there, we have a monthly newsletter from them. They send us every month. What better investment can you make than a ministry that radically changes lives? Amen? Amen. Ushers, would you come forward? Talk about the power of God, right? You think that God's not real sometimes, and you hear stories like this where you can't explain it except for the power of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in New Life for Girls, transforming lives, saving lives, bringing them out of the pit into the glorious presence of God. Lord, each one of us can say the same thing. We might not have been in the same position, but we were in the same pit, and you brought us out. So, Father, if we just give back and bless this ministry, I pray that you would multiply these numbers, use it to reach people, reach ladies and their families for the love of, with the love of God. And we will thank you in advance for what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen.
cancer disappear We've seen broken bodies healed Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen real life resurrection We've seen mental health restored Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen families That's all we have to share with you today. Um, we want to say thank you again for having us here. Um, we're looking forward to chatting with you guys afterwards. So if you have any, any more questions that we didn't answer yet, um, or if you want to talk to any of the ladies, feel free. Um, we have a stand right outside the store here with some um, items that are for sale. So stop and talk to us. And thank you again. I'd like to have all you ladies come up. We're going to pray for you. And I want the church to come behind them. Line them right here. And then I'll have the church folk come up and lay hands on you and pray for you, okay? Bible says, not by might, not by power, but what? By my spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that can change lives. As we've seen this morning, the Holy Spirit's already doing the work. But we're going to continue to pray that the Holy Spirit finishes the work he started in each of their lives, as well as any ladies who may be coming in the future.
Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that we're able to see right in front of our eyes and hear testimony of what the power of the Holy Spirit can do in a life. Not only do you save them, Lord, but you deliver them, you free them from their past, and you give them hope for a future. So, Father, I pray that you would continue that work in each of these ladies and each of the ladies at the, at the center. That, Lord, you would just fill them with your Holy Spirit, give them encouragement, give them blessing. Continue to direct every step that they take. Let everyone finish these classes. Let everyone graduate. And let, not only that, let it be the beginning of what you're going to do in each of their lives. You've made some go on staff, Lord, to help other ladies. And we thank you for that. We pray that you would continue to raise up leaders and staff and, and also send them out into the world, Lord. Allow them to be used in various occupations where they can touch lives as well. And they have a testimony of what they've done. Father, we sang that song, My Testimony. Each of these ladies has a powerful testimony that they can share with their friends and their relatives of what the power of God can do. I pray that you would give them that opportunity, give them divine appointments, and let the world see what the power of God can do in each individual life. Father, we pray your blessing upon this ministry, Lord. You've kept it for 50 years. We know you're going to keep it for at least 50 more or until you return. So, Father, provide every need that they have. Let them see not only miracles happen in lives, but provision to allow these miracles to happen. Flood them with blessing. Flood them with what they need. You provided. You provided for 50 years, Lord. So we have no doubt that you'll provide for, the, for 50 more. So, Lord, I commit this ministry to you. It's your ministry, Lord. You have raised up leaders. You have ordained that these ladies attend this place. You've put them there because you know you're going to deliver them. So we pray that you would continue that work, Lord. As long as the Lord tarries, we pray that you would use this ministry to reach ladies with the love and the power of God. And Lord, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus and all of God's people shouted in victory. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. We give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hallelujah.